I would like to thank God Almighty for giving everybody so much and me so little. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like. It just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Don't me down, you piece of shit! Shut your mouth! Look at me, Tony. Look at me. I want you to fire me. You fucking mark! Fire me! Fire me! How you think they gonna feel when they introduce your boys as the new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champion? I don't know who's, they might be cheering. Yeah. They might be booing. Yeah. Little kids might be crying. Oh yeah. We got grown men out there crying. Yeah. But they still might be hating on the Uso. Hating on us. Why? Because we went out there and did what we said we was going to do. Yeet. Buffalo, all your babbling is interfering with my machine. So for the next few minutes, please just do me a favor and kindly... If you see me 
to figure out man what I'm gonna do And everyone here hates everyone here for doing just like they do So it's best if we all keep this quiet Everybody to episode 343 of the Hoots Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy your week so far. It's uh, Thursday, January 12, 2023. It is yours truly the nefarious brother Adam, aka Joshy Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. The Hoots Podcast comes to you free of charge every single Thursday, anywhere you get your pockets from. Also, sometimes in video form. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers. Uh, we appreciate the support each and every single week. Uh, very grateful for everybody who's been checking out the shows, especially on the, on the audio version over the last couple of weeks. I hope you guys have been 
adjusting yourselves and, and enjoying the first part of the new year. And uh, lots going on. Football uh, playoffs are starting this weekend. Um, we had a we had a mud show fest on Monday night uh, in the college realms, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that in a couple seconds. But uh, uh-huh. uh, we got lots to discuss today. Obviously, we're two week, two and a half weeks out from the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. We'll, we'll get to that uh, this week in WWE. There's also outside the ring stuff that we'll have to address. Uh, before we get to the Q&A, I know that we got a lot of questions this week about the whole um, reporting, I'm using air quotes here loosely, reporting about whether or not WWE's been sold to Saudi Arabia or not. I'm going to give my thoughts about it specifically in this week in WWE. Uh, we did get a lot of questions, so I'm going to allow, just for the sake of fairness, I'm going to allow Brother Carter to answer the Vince McMahon questions in the Q&A, and then I'll give my thoughts on it because my perspective on it is from a different point of view than just Brother Carter's. So just in the sake of fairness, it's a good dude from there. Um, but again, this with the objective of this podcast, especially if you're, this is your first time watching or listening, just want to say thank you and remind you that we're just here to have some fun, hopefully be a mental escape for you guys and uh, share some life lessons and share a lot of laughs. And we're going to have a lot of those today in uh, What the Hell is Wrong with AWR Flagship segment this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. You can have graphics, uh, be in fancy arenas, and still put on the fucking carnival show. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I am not alone this week. I am uh, joined for the first time in 2023 in Living Color by the director of all the operations. All of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> the one and only Brother Carter. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. This is on a Thursday. So good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday season with your family and friends. It is your boy, the Director of Operations. Director of all operations. Addition, multiplication, subtraction, division. All of the numerators, denominators. You need an operation. I got you covered. You need a heart transplant. You need an organ transplant. You need a foot transplant. You need a head transplant. What? You need a shoulder transplant. What? You need... Anything that you need. I got you covered. So great to be back with you for the first time in 2023. I'm sorry I've been away these last month. I've been, you know, spending some time with family myself and, of course, doing the business side of the Hoots podcast. That's what the director of operation does. Big things popping, little things stopping. Glad to be back, Josh. We have a lot to talk about this week, and I can't wait to get into it. So let's do it. Let's carry the hell on. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting one. Um, uh, by the way, Josh, you, uh, for those of you that are missing, uh, you actually inspired me the last time I was on. You have your new microphone set up; it's looking pretty good. I went and got a new microphone myself, so if my voice sounds a little more angelic, a little more <laughs> robust than usual, it's because I'm with I've got a new microphone here. So we're gonna see how this works out. Uh, I'm anxious to hear the playback on this to see how it works out. The upgrades, I feel like. Um... One, at least the one constant in my life right now that's a positive and going in the right direction is this show. So uh, I, we're all starting off 2023 in the right direction. So um, Indeed. Uh, before we get to the back porch Q&A session, uh, I had a little conversation with uh, Brother Carter uh, before the show. And um, we'll be remiss without having a hoose pockets, without being 100% honest and uh, transparent with you guys, especially what's going on in my life and stuff. Um, uh, I mentioned it briefly on Twitter over the last couple days, but um, uh, in the beginning of April, I'm going to be getting furloughed 
from my uh, job, mm. my main job of uh, making transcripts. Uh, for, for many years, you guys know, and I've had my website, uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, but what people don't know about it is that the main reason I've had the site up there is for research purposes for this show and also having to be a, a point of reference for everybody else that does shows like this. So I've had that website open for six years. But what people don't know is that I never made a cent out of any of the articles I've written on uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. The numbers have been nice uh, for independent project, you know, but uh, just being transparent, I can't afford a business plan on WordPress to to get to the point where I am getting money back for the articles I do on my own website. Uh, you know, there's some things out of my control. Again, I am 28 years old. I don't have all the answers to all this <laughs> work stuff and everything, and I... Um, over the last four or five years, I've been um, helping and sharing transcripts on a site called WrestlingHeadlines.com, which is used to be known as Lords of Pain. Um, it was like a working friendship, like partnership type of deal where they had certain shows they would have me do. So for those who don't know, when you guys see uh, AW Dark and Elevation and Impact and NXTUK and NWA Power and NWA USA or any of the um, New Japan result articles uh, on wrestling headlines over the last four or five years. That's all been me. Um, and recently, uh, I, I talked about this last year about having to deal with budget cuts and, you know, uh, scrapping New Japan for uh, getting paid for that month of uh, coverage. What guys, what people don't know is that for what I make a month, um, the most money I do get from the shows I cover was New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um, there's there's a reason it went into it because uh, I it's just the amount of time it takes for me to type out a full length New Japan show. It's kind of different than me doing like a hour long AW show, like uh, AW YouTube show. With New Japan, it takes me about four hours to do because with New Japan shows, they have this. They, they, they don't have TV. They don't have weekly TV like they have it here in the United States. All their events on New Japan World are at least three hours long each, and um, that's why I was getting paid uh, the most for that show. It's just the amount of time I was investing into it. Um, last year, I got notified around at least two or three times throughout the year that I was getting budget cut from New Japan. And I missed out almost close to $6,000 last year on wow. just uh, New Japan shows alone. And um, I've had a lot of thoughts in my head over the last couple of days to think about this whole situation. And um, I want to let you guys know, at least on a positive note, that I'm not discouraged like, I, if I was discouraged, I don't think I'd be doing a show today. So I just want to let you guys know that. Um, I do wear my heart on my sleeve, and I am proud of the stuff that I do, but I'm not going to let things that are out of my control stop me from the things that bring joy to my life. I've always said it, that this show is a positive uh, mental escape for me, even for me hosting this show. 
Uh, it does really, really well for my mental health. And look, man, <laughs> I, I am no stranger to how this dirt sheet world works. Uh, I'm going to expand more onto that later on, uh, especially with what's been going on this week. But um, I feel like I've been fiddle-fucked around enough where not that I don't care what I say because I am professional at the end of the day, but I have to call a spade a spade too. And, you know, I've been doing this for about 10 years. I I take pride in the transcripts that I do. Uh, You're not getting the type of effort and what I put into the articles that every, every other website that has result people, they copy and paste each other or barely put half the effort that I put into my transcripts. And I feel like, especially recently, I've downgraded myself professionally by the fact that they, <laughs> not only am I getting furloughed, Brett Carter, but they told me uh, back in October, uh, after the G1 was over, that how about a compromise? By the time Wrestle Kingdom comes, stop doing the New Japan stuff and start transcribing podcasts so we can use them as news articles. So, okay. so if you've seen anything recently about Jim Cornette uh, or Jeff Jarrett uh, going off of the acclaim or Road Dog <laughs> and Dax Harwood, those quotes are coming from me. Oh, wow. And I've been transcribing podcasting quotes for the last couple weeks or so. I don't and, think I knew that. And... The funny thing about it is that I I never got into this field to do rumor and BS and shit like that. And I feel like I'm compromising my pride a little bit by doing this. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not rumors. I'm taking quotes from a podcast and, tra- and writing it on my own. I'm not. It's not a Meltzer thing where like, oh, Dave Meltzer, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm actually typing out this thing and I'm not going on the server and copying pasting new shit. So it, it's just funny to me that uh, not only am I scrapping out a big ch- chunk of my money in revenue for my articles for New Japan just to start doing these podcast quotes, but not even two weeks into the year, I, fig- I, I find out on month, uh, Tuesday that... I'm getting furloughed in the beginning of April, and um, I'm not bringing this up for sympathy. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I don't want uh, people to feel like I'm gonna stop doing this and blah 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 blah. It's not. It's not that serious. Uh, I I will say that I'm frustrated, professionally frustrated, because I feel like. Um, I feel like I've been more advanced and far along than I am, especially yeah. in this line of work. And I, I don't appreciate being fucked around. And I, I, I kind of smile in the face of being dotted. I've always cared that not, not living in spite. I think that's the wrong way to carry yourself in life. But I have been driven off of people doubting me a lot mm-hmm. of times in my life. And this is no different. Uh, brother Carter and um, it's just it's really really disappointing and it's got to the point where at times where I've started questioning myself if, if it's something that I'm doing wrong 
Am I doing this for? The, I, I I know I'm doing it for the right reasons. I, I it's funny to me that I'm on the lowdom total pull of people that get properly compensated in this field for the line of work I do with the fact that the type of work that I produce is really in honesty the only true authentic news that the wrestling fans get from these websites right and um I'm, I'm not a braggadocious person but you could look at the google search engines every time you type in a result article mines are ranked up there with all these other outlets I'm not, I'm not allowed to do interviews. I remember a time I was working at WrestleZone and I did an interview with Santino Morella. And uh, this is, this is the funny part about politics and dirt sheets. Um, you remember when Roman Reigns was getting pushed, you right? Know, the, the beginning stage, and like, oh, if you still down our throat, and everything, right? <laughs> right. So uh, I did an interview with Santino and I transcribed quotes for him mentioning about the fact that Roman is a locker room leader and this is the first time i ever did anything that wasn't a result article and i brought it up and i published it but i got blowback from the people at Russell zone by saying that it's taken away from our coverage of the negative side of what's going on with roman greens believe it or not this aggregation business whatever you want to call it with dirt sheets is run off of clicks oh for sure Oh, 100%. It's just that it ain't, but there's no nuance or substance to it. That's the thing. I could do 400 results articles and not be compensated while other people could type in one negative speculative BS backstage report, push it behind a paywall, and they get thousands and millions a month. And I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've, I've passed this shit, and it's it, it's it's embarrassing for me. Um, I in some ways I I should feel this way, but in a lot of ways with this news, I feel like I failed you guys. You know, no, I don't feel that. And, but um, I don't want to take this. I won't. I don't want this to take over the entire show. But I do want. I did want to spend some time to let you guys know what's going on with my situation. So. Um, as far as this, as far as the show's concerned, that's not going away. We're we're fine. Uh, right. I think I think sooner or later we could. Uh, I I just a lot, especially with the show, I feel bad that I haven't been able to like reward you, Brett Carter, and help you out like money wise with the show and stuff. It's like you you take time out of your schedule to come on and do the show for for the last uh, three and a half years or so consistently. I haven't been able to give you anything back in return for that, you know? Oh, don't um, worry about it. Listen, um, so just a couple of thoughts, if I if I may. Um, yeah, first off, just don't beat yourself up, man. Like, look, how many times do we say on our show in the professional wrestling business that it's a business and the business evolves and changes, right? And, yeah. you're, you know, some people have highs and some people have lows. And this is, you know, you've had some high moments and you have some low moments, but there's always peaks and valleys. You know, they always say, in life, you're all you're either entering a storm, in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm. And right now, you're entering yeah. a storm, and right. that's fine. Listen, you're going to be through a tough period, and then you keep going. Um, I love this quote by Steve Harvey. He says, "Someone said to him one time, he says, if you're going through hell, 
why, you know, don't stop. Why would you stop in hell? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're going through hell, keep going. This is what it is. If you're going through hell, keep going. Because why would you stop in hell? Because there's great on the other side. And, and I know that you're going you're gonna to get through this, brother, because you're very talented and you have a lot of passion for this. So you're going to get that figured out. I'm not worried about that. Um, to your point about clicking, you know, and, and how revenue is generated uh, through dirt sheets, you know, many of you know I work for Wrestling Rumors and we talk behind the scenes, you know. Yes, we want to put out great content, but at the end of the day, we have to understand that this is a business too. And unfortunately, human beings, they are driven by the negative. They're driven by drama. They're driven by, you know, something. You know, that's why a lot of times the articles that are the most vague doesn't give away the story in the headline. You know, it gives away the, you know, it'll give a teaser. Like, for example, it'll say, announcer leaves WWE. You'd be like, what? And then you click on that and you find out it's the level up announcer. You know, it's, it's not, you know, you, you don't put uh, the name of the announcer in the article because people go, man, I don't care about that. But if you put like announcer leaves WWE, people will go, what? I want to click on that, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the thing may be. So it's unfortunately, and we know this too, because we're having to either cut back on our results because, or whatever, because results just for whatever reason, Traffic, they, they don't get traffic, you know, and listen, I don't like it either, but that's just, unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it comes down to money at the end of the day. And I hate that, you know, for you, I hate that for us, but you know, the, the bottom line is the bottom line with that. You know, it's, you're either making money or you're not. Um, and it's just really what, what you're willing to do in order to make your product, uh, what you're willing to sacrifice to make your product profitable. And I, 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 again, that's not good or bad. That's just reality, you know? And so, but I know that you're going to bounce back from this. And I know that you, again, you're really great and talented at what you do and you're going to get this figured out. I have no doubt. So just keep going, buddy. It's going to be all right. I, I appreciate that, brother Carter. You know, I, um, I just wasn't really expecting this, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I figure I would get to the point that maybe I'd be like, you know, sooner or later I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go off doing my own thing. I don't need the dirt sheet stuff anymore. I I, I forgot to mention something earlier uh, when I was talking about the, my, old, my own website. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the main reasons why I've had that site open up for so long, too, is uh, product research, obviously. And I've made it clear for many years that I've wanted to be... <laughs> I've always wanted to be two things in my life, uh, either the uh, next Jim Ross or the, uh, the next Glyph Fry. And I, I'm, I'm glad I've had the site open as long as I've had. I take, like I said, I take a lot of pride in the work I do, and I feel like if ever if I got ever opportunity to call matches and stuff, I feel like I can do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Um, I, I I don't know if I feel lost, stuck, pigeonholed, fucked around. Like it's it's not one thing I could pinpoint of what's going on here. And just like anybody else, feel I could do just as much or more than the people there uh, put on a pedestal or trending on Twitter while they fuck around with their audience and, and they act like their shit don't stink. And it's just um, it's just unfortunate, man. You know. Um, I, I, 
for the amount of time I put, especially in this field and the quality of what I do, which is pure authentic work, and I'm not copying and pasting from other people, and the fact that I I don't um <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it. it. It's just it's just something that I'm realizing now that. I, I'm not regretting the fact that I got into this field, but mm-hmm. I know damn well whatever comes next, I'm not I'm not looking back, and that's that. Awesome. Listen, you're gonna make it, buddy. But hey, listen, we're gonna have some fun today. We're gonna have yes. a good show. We have lots to talk about. I know we have some great questions coming our way. So why don't we transition? Why don't we do something more positive? Let's get to the back porch Q and A session. Yes, sir. Uh, let's start off with the good brother Chris Saletta at X Seeds. Uh, throw, throw up the X. By the way, uh, ESPN put a video up on uh, Instagram the other day that was uh, highlighting Des Bryant uh, catching Lambeau Field. Yes, that was a catch. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> let's start off with Chris here. He says, "More? How about this one for Berta Carter? More Check. of a question for Berta Carter. Thoughts on the college football playoff expansion, especially after the ass whooping we saw on Monday." Well, as everybody knows, and for our new listeners of the show, I'm a big college football fan and kind of a college football aficionado. Um, I think that the 12-team format is long overdue so that we don't get matchups like we got the other night. Now, I will say this. TCU 100% absolutely deserved to be there um, because they beat Michigan. So, like, they earned the right to play in the championship game. Um, so, I mean, you and you can't – a lot of people say, oh, well, it should have been this, it should have been this, it should have been this. And you can, you know, as you say all the time, Josh, if my father, if my mother had balls, you'd be my father, right? Yeah, so yeah. if this, if this, if this, but the reality is, is was what it was. And I mean, Georgia, they were dominant in every phase of the game. No, at the end of the day, Josh, nobody was going to beat Georgia. Like at the end of the day, you're going to go uh, all the way, uh, or sorry, they were going to go all the way, no matter what, Sam, I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, but, uh Nobody was going to beat Georgia. You could have put Alabama. You could have put them. You could have put Ohio State. You could have put Michigan. You could have put whoever in front of Georgia, and nobody was going to beat them. So I know a lot of people say, oh, my God, this is embarrassing for the sport. Oh, my God, this is embarrassing for whatever, blah, 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 blah. The result would have been the same no matter the opponent. Now, I get what people are saying about, well, this looks bad for the sport because then nobody wants to tune in and blah, blah, blah. And I understand that. And I think the 12-team format is absolutely going to help because then you're going to get some matchups that you might not normally get, which is going to be very, very, very exciting. Um, so that's that's I was I hope that they would have done that next year, but I understand that they need to have one year to get it all worked out, stuff like that. So it's going to be fine. But I'm looking forward to the 12-team format. Congratulations to Georgia on repeating as national champions, and uh, we'll see what happens next year. I think next year is going to be a very exciting year. Uh, Sam, I know Notre Dame just picked up a new quarterback from Wake Forest. Um, they're, they're picking up a, what many people consider one of the top quarter, collegiate quarterbacks in the country is now transferring to Notre Dame. And I hope that Marcus Freeman is able to start figuring out um, Notre Dame because he got off to a slow start, especially with that loss at Marshall earlier in the year. But, you know, they're going to get things figured out. I think they're going to start trending in the right direction, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm very excited about the 12-team format. I think it absolutely needs to happen. I, you know, I, I, my, my question with all this, like, again, I'm the wrong person because I'm not a college football guy, but, like, 
I just I'm just <laughs> possibly that that these college football playoffs are determined like a work. It's like a fucking creative team, and it, it, right, right. It's in like a selection committee of who's ranked here, and like I just find it funny that <laughs> college football is like. <laughs> Curtail like professional wrestling. It's funny to me. <laughs> well, and then and here's where I think the college football play or the 12 team format is going to change. Is because you'll get in a number of champions in the in the playoff system. I think like the top. I can't. I think it's the top five teams and then seven other at large. I no, sorry, the top six. Um, so the top five from the power five, um, the top from the group of five, and then six other at large bids. So that you're getting a little bit more of. Uh, a little bit more of kind of champions champions playing their way in like that's like the way college basketball does it which is why i love the college basketball tournament because you have you know 36 champions and then 30 at large bids you know to to go for it but well josh you can also make the second argument about the nfl is is uh you know the nfl is done by writers as well because how can you write a better script for this or you know like the Cowboys go and lay an egg. And so that's going to lead into the drama to this weekend. You know, it just, there's, there, there's, there's a work in the NFL and don't tell me that there isn't, don't tell me that the NFL isn't a work too. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's go to the next question here for Chris. Uh, He says, uh, thoughts on Steph stepping away. Do you, do you think eventually she'll return down the road? Yeah. Okay. So, and I know you're going to talk about this, Josh. So I'm just going to cover all, so all of the questions kind of just give my overall thoughts on the, okay. on the sale of WWE. And I know you're going to get into this in, the, in this week in WWE and I hope we can have a good discussion about this, but so obviously the big news is um, Stephanie McMahon has resigned uh, from her position as co-chairwoman. Vince McMahon has elected unanimously to be the chairman of the board of directors and um, there's rumors that WWE is going to be sold um, to the Saudi Arabia in a private fund. And so a couple thoughts. Let's break this down a couple ways. Number one, a lot of people are immediately saying, oh, my God, WWE's done. Vince McMahon is back. No, it's going to be fine. I will say this. It will be fine as long as Vince does not get back on the creative team. If Vince just – if he's only there to run the business side of it, and to be the, you know, just to navigate the sale of the company, that's going to be fine. And I actually think that's a good thing because obviously Vince has got a great business mind. He's built this empire. So he knows best about business and stuff like that. So if he just, you know, if, if he's back to do that and lets Triple H run creative, everything is going to be fine. So don't worry about that. So that's that's the first part of it. Now, the second part of it is being sold to the Saudi Arabia Investment Fund. And you know, however you may feel about this, and I know there's also reports that wrestlers say that they're going to walk out if WWE is sold by Saudi Arabia. Right. Um, and if that's what ended up happening, then, you know, best of luck to you next person up. Because how, just like how we say in every professional sports, if somebody leaves, guess what? There's always somebody waiting to take your spot. So if you want to leave, fine. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. Um, you know, we, we wish you, you know, we kiss and hug and we'll we'll give you your check and we'll send you on your merry way. Um, but there's always going to be somebody to come up and take your spot. Uh, Josh, the other thing I'll say about this, too, is folks, get used to it. I mean, the Saudi Arabia Investment Private Fund, they're getting involved in a lot of stuff around the world right now. Look at Live Golf. You know, that's taken off. And because they're willing to put up money to pay these athletes what they're worth. You know, uh, I think it's Cristiano Ronaldo just signed um, the soccer. Yeah. yeah, Ronaldo just signed with the Saudi Arabian group. Like, And they're going to pay him what he's worth. If WWE gets sold... 
guess what? The Saudi Arabia groups, they're going to pay these wrestlers what they're worth. So if you want to walk, if you want to walk out and not cash in on that payday, well, I mean, if you don't want to, if you want to cash in on a payday, just go over to AEW and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Um, but you know, the Saudis, they're going to, and you can say what you want about it and you can have your beliefs and that's fine. But at the end of the day, Josh, this is about the money, right? And if you're not in the wrestling business to make money, then you're, then you're in it for the wrong, you know, what is it? You're either in, in wrestling, you either make friends or you make money, right? Right. So, and this is this is all about the dollars and cents. And so, just just this is just another kind of focus. You know, this is just another trend that we're seeing of Saudi Arabians really willing to pay these athletes, you know, what they're worth because they have the the funds to do it. So, uh, just to sum up, Josh, I think WWE is going to be fine. AEW is not going to all of a sudden take over the world. And you saw that last night. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, again, as long as Vince doesn't have anything to do with creative and is just there to navigate the sale of the company, everything is going to be fine. And that's, those are kind of my thoughts on that. Right. Uh, next one. Any NFL playoffs upsets uh, coming this weekend? Ooh. Well, I've talked for a while, Josh. You go first. Okay. <laughs> I am going to go... I can't believe I'm saying this. I am going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoa! <laughs> I, in all due respect to Khalil Mack and everybody, but I, I don't buy the Chargers. It's, it's amazing to me that they're like the reverse Packers. You know how, like, you, you go from Brett Favre to uh, Aaron Rodgers, and it's like the same success. Remember, mm-hmm. you go from Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert, and the Chargers are still the same team. It's always playing like shit in the first half, and then trying to make some comeback in the fourth quarter. All the garbage time points and all that. And don't get me wrong, I like Justin Herbert. I think he's a good quarterback, but they put po- they play below their competition so many times. The fact that they had to drag out a victory in Atlanta, uh, other games that happened during the season, I, I'm just not sold by the Chargers. And that kind of buzzed me out, too, because Brandon Staley used to be a linebacker's coach for the Bears uh, when uh, Max first season in 2018. And mm-hmm. he's been getting ripped <laughs> left and right about his fourth quarter uh, decision making. But I think people have him misconstrued. He's not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. And if you want to go after their offense and lack of production, it's whoever their offensive coordinator is. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, no, I'm going to go with the Jaguars to beat uh, the Chargers. And then um, as far as the rest of the week is concerned, um, can I save Bucks over Cal? <laughs> is that an upset it's, it's, though? I mean, is that really an upset though? It's it took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> is that really an upset at the end of the day? I, honestly, <laughs> Monday night is gonna be a clown show for all those fan bases. Whether you're an anti Brady <laughs> fan, anti Cowboy fan, that's gonna be a shit show, especially on Twitter of whatever happens in that football game. <laughs> you can best believe I'm going to have one TV. The main TV is going to be on the Cowboys game, and my iPad's going to be watching Raw. I, I want to see that Cowboys game, and then Raw, whatever happens on Raw is fine. But I want to see that Cowboys game. 
Yeah, it's funny. The most boring Sunday night football game of the year is not going to become the biggest train wreck of the playoffs this year. All right. So, uh, let me just say two things real quick, Josh. Um, I don't think that the Jaguars beating the Chargers is an upset, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think wow. that. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I know the Chargers have Austin Eckler, and he's like the main form of that team. But if, if the Jacksonville defense can stop the run, then the Chargers got nothing. So I don't I don't think Jacksonville beating the Jaguars is that big of an upset. The right. other team to be on upset alert I think is the Vikings. Um cuz mm. you know because the Vikings are so hit and miss, especially with their quarterback. Kirk Cousins is so hit and I mean when he's on, he's one of the he's top 5 in the league. But when he's not having a good day, look out. And you know, I know you got Justin Jefferson who's like he's the game changer of all game changers, but Giants are playing well right now, so I say Vikings are on upset alert this week. What what do I say with AW? What could go wrong will go wrong. Yep. <laughs> Just watch out for that. But it's going to be a fun weekend of football. Right. Uh, thoughts on Adam Cole's return? You want to say that for AEW? Yeah. Let's 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 talk. Let's save that for AEW. Okay. Because I do have some thoughts about that. Will Brandon Staley and Mike McCarthy be fired if their teams fail to make it out of the first round of the playoffs? Yes, uh, and yes. Uh, I think Brandon Staley stays, but Mike McCarthy, yes, he'll be fired. Oh no, nah, man! I think Staley gets fired too because of uh, the because of uh, our good buddy Sean Payton down in New Orleans. Yes, <laughs> I think I think they're going to can Staley and hire Sean Payton. Yeah. That's just me. Really quick to uh, to Pat and uh, Mike. Because I think they've also sent in Vince questions. Uh, Bert Carter addressed his uh, records. I just want to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, next question here for Chris here. He says, thoughts on the Bears being on the clock? <laughs> well, I can finally say that the Bears are having the first, ro- first overall pick. You know, I found this the other day. The last time the Bears were uh, had the number one pick, I think was 1974. Something like that, Brother Carter. Huh? That was the year my dad was born. <laughs> so now I could, I guess I could get the notch of just more bad Bears football that we owe the first overall pick. But as I say all the time, hashtag we stinks. We just do. <laughs> and, you know, there's... There's been a lot of conjecture this week. Uh, I've been seeing on the talk shows about, oh, you should trade Justin Fields and select Bryce Young and whatever. I'm like, just stop. (laughs) If people in Chicago don't know how to evaluate what the Bears should do, how the fuck is Mike Tannenbaum and Get Up going to figure that out? They didn't figure it out when Mitch was here, so how are they going to figure out the solution here with Justin here? Like, Can we stop fucking each other around? And like <laughs> again, what could go wrong will go wrong. In the story of Chicago Bears fans. By the way, did you see that? Did you see on Twitter about the redesign that the Lori Lightfoot wants to do for Soldier Field? Like she wants to make it a dome. Mm-mm. No, I didn't see that. My advice to Lori Lightfoot: Look, I get it. The Wind Trust Arena looks nice and all downtown, where AW does show sometimes by the McCormick Place, but. If your only idea of re-renovating Soldier Field is making it look like Wintrust with a stadium over it, I think you're just doing yourself a disservice. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice building. It's, I, I, I like it. It's a cool venue, but 
that design for Soldier Field and making it a dome, it's not gonna make it a diff- it's not gonna make a difference. It, it's just not. Right. Send the team to Arlington Heights. Hopefully you get some good juju from the football gods and hopefully I can stop watching football and putting hashtag we stinks after every freaking football game. Uh, as far as the, as far as the number one t- uh, pick is concerned, no, I would not trade Justin Fields uh, for different players. Now, if you want to trade down and get extra draft picks, I'm fine with that. That I, I'm sure we could get a King's Ransom somewhere from some team because there's going to be a lot of quarterback needy teams. But I, I am here for the drama, though. I I will say that. But let's not forget, folks. The Bears hashtag we stinks. Yes. Okay. Uh, real quick, Josh. Um, I think the Bears should trade the number one pick. Don't trade Justin Fields. You've got a proven guy who know like. You can build a team around Justin Fields. So trade the number one pick, get some picks, free up some salary cap so that you can build an offensive line, maybe draft an offensive line, and then get him some playmakers um, to help just, just build the offense around Justin Fields. But number one, get him some help. If you can get an O-line, Bears, if if the Bears have a good O-line, they win nine games next year. Easy. What? <laughs> Am I wrong? I, I'm not putting stock into anything right now. I'm in a wait and see mode. Sure. <laughs> um, let's go to the next question here. Um, who deserves NFL coach of the year? I got one pick and one pick only. It's Pete Carroll. When I saw the Seahawks play the Steelers in preseason football, I thought this was going to be the worst football team of the year. And the fact that they made the playoffs. By the way, shout out to the brand new Lions sending <laughs> those ignorant assholes from Green Bay and that ayahuasca twat home for the playoffs. Oh, man. What a beautiful night it was on Sunday. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I could put my, me getting furloughed to the side for a moment. Like, <laughs> I, I had a big smile on my face when the Lions beat the Packers. You know, that, that was beautiful. But I'm going to go with either Pete Carroll or Dan Campbell. That was my honorable mention. And my two choices would be either Dan Campbell or um, Brian Dable of the Giants. What he was able to okay. do with the Giants and turn that thing around, um, especially starting the year seven and one. Um, so, but I think Dan Campbell, him turning it around as well. They are right on the cusp of being great. I think if he keep if they keep running the doing things the way they do, make a few minor adjustments, Lions are going to be good. So I've got either Brian Dable or um, Dan Campbell are my coaches of the year. The brand new lines. Can't go wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Uh, where will Sean Payton be coaching next year? Um, I've got the Chargers. I think that's where he's coaching. Okay. I've got the Dallas Cowgirls. Oh, God. Don't do that to my man. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, we all know that Dallas Cowboys have some type of ownership of Fox Sports. So I'm just letting you know right front there. Um, <laughs> last question for Chris here. He says, what do you think of the finish to the Women's Battle Royal? I also got this question from Mike, so a little combo piece here. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was cool. Um, it kind, of, kind of similar to Batista and John Cena from Royal Rumble 2005. I remember that. Uh, I was just waiting for Sean to come out and pretend to be Vince. I think that would be a good time. And just like, oh, I pulled my quad. Oh, I pulled my quad. God damn it, pal. I pulled my quad. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I thought it was fine. You know, uh, obviously they have a storyline where uh, Toxic Attraction wanted to get revenge on Roxanne Perez. And she is the one 
who took the title away from Mandy Rose. They're going to fight each other at Vengeance Day. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's going to be pretty funny. But like, can you picture like both the ladies uh, fell at the same time and we have a double winner for Battle Royal. It's Batista and John Cena all over again. God damn it. I'm going to strut down and tear both my quads. God damn it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I thought it was cool. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was pretty funny to say the least. But um, shout out to Chris for some awesome questions this week. From there, uh, we will wait the return of Brother Carter here. Hopefully soon to the desk. Um, let's check this out. Um, we're going to go to, just one second, I'm going to find, uh, Pat's questions. <laughs> I've been running Patrick Fritz at, by the way, make sure if I'm on Twitter at rated PWF, uh, you won't regret it. Pat is one of the good people out there. Um, we talked about the sale. We talked about the bears too. So we got past questions in, uh, we got, uh, Nate's questions here too. We got a lot of questions. We had, I was I really want to thank the guys for uh, uh, helping out this week. It really meant a lot to me and Brother Carter. Uh, we got a lot of great questions. So um, let's go to our good brother Sam at Second City Sam on Twitter. Make sure to follow him. He is one of one hoops out there. All right. Yesterday was the first time I've ever seen a Kenosi to catch the match, and I was impressed. What did you think of his work? I I, I like what I see from Kanosuke. I think he's very talented in the ring. Um, I think the fans at AEW, the live crowds, try a little bit too much to try to put him in a position where he doesn't belong at this point. But, I, I mean, it's not like I don't enjoy his work. Uh, if he was in New Japan, I would enjoy his work. Um, um, very young. Obviously, we don't know a lot about his personality, but for what I've seen so far, I think he's put in some good matches, and I, I, that's really all you really can do is put in good performances and stuff like that. So I not not that I'm not interested in Kenosi to catch though. I just I do think that people on Twitter try to overhype him too much at times. I, I enjoy his work, but <laughs> let's let's, pi- let's pipe it down a little bit. <laughs> Well, and that was something I was asking to ask you about, Josh, was about um, – and we'll talk about that when we get into our flagship se- flagship segment. Because um, I actually thought that the match that they had was good. So, But I want to hear, you know, you being New Japan guy, kind of his – what his deal is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next question. We're go- we're doing Sam's questions right now, Bruce right. Carter. Yep. Um, give me your dream taxi match of any era. Good one. Ooh. Wow. Um – I'm going to say the Dudleys what? against the New Day. I would love to see that. I think that'd be great. Yes, that'd be cool. Um, I'm going to go a different one. I'm going to go with um, the Motor City Machine Guns against the Heart Foundation. Oh, that would be great, too. How about that? Yeah, I like that. Or... No, I'm not gonna use the bucks of you. There's no oh, God. match that I no. want to see turn there. No, <laughs> no. You know what? I want to see the bucks of youth against, uh, like, in a two on thirty handicap match, and they could just get pummeled to oblivion. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hell. They can have Omega, so he can get he can get pummeled too. Yeah, Kenny Olivier. All right, let's go to the next question. Um, <laughs> 
top three worst intercontinental champions of all time. Man, that's an interesting one. Um, I I know the three best that I would go with, but um, I'm gonna go with Ezekiel Jackson, just for mm-hmm. all the all the roles in his head and the fact that the core was almost as bad as the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, <laughs> uh, I I can't say Santino because the crowd was into him. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> they cheer for the guy, so I can't really say Santino Morella. Um, that's a great question. Worst Intercontinental Champions. I gotta, pull, I gotta pull this up actually. Yeah, I gotta pull up a list too. I don't, I don't even know. Um, let's see. Yeah, Ezekiel Jackson's on the list. Marty Jannetty. <laughs> he was the Intercontinental Champion. Apparently. <laughs> Oh man! Dean Douglas uh, was apparently the internet intercontinental champion. Yeah, Shane Douglas. Yeah, put him on the list. Uh, it, it, was Ahmed Johnson an intercontinental champion? I don't know. Um, Prince Albert was. Oh God, brutal! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, go, let's go, let's go. keep going, and I'll. Uh... I, 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 oh I, yeah, he I, was. Yeah, there it is. Ahmed Johnson. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he's number two for me. I got the list here. I'm scrolling down the list. Okay, it's Ezekiel Jackson, uh, Ahmed Johnson, and Val Venus. You're welcome. There you go. Janetti <laughs> gets honorable mention. Yes, and then my top three Intercontinental Champions is uh, The Miz, Bret Hart, and um, a tie with Gunther and Mr. Perfect. I like yes. that. Good choices. Good choices. All right, next question from Sam here. He says, Put yourself in Ryan Pulse's shoes. How are you handling having an overall number one overall pick? Um, yeah, so Ryan Pulse is the GM of the Bears. Yeah, like I said, I I'm good. Um, trade down if we can get a lot in return. If if the uh, if the requests are not great, um, I'll have to see what's best as far as like outside linebackers or maybe. Maybe a defensive end. I, I, I don't. I, again, I'm not tuned into college football, so I don't know who's the right person to go. That's already up in the draft boards, so I have to wait a couple months to see who's being advertised and stuff like that. But for for now, I'll just say uh, trade down and then go from there. I like. I think that's what they need to do too. Trade that number one pick and get some, get some draft picks. And um, yeah, I think that that would be a. That's what I think they need to do. Build your team around Justin Fields. That's 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 just what you got to do. That's just me though. Um, yeah, because and you can also get some in addition to getting. You can actually get players too. Like you don't have to necessarily yes. just get draft picks. Get some players and some draft picks. I think would be good. Correct. <laughs> All right. Next question. Um, three WWE bold predictions for twenty twenty three. Okay, you said bold predictions. See, bold predictions. Okay, I don't know if this is a bold predict. Well, no, well, I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but I think Cody Rhodes wins the Universal Championship in twenty twenty three. Um, let's see, wow, other bold predictions. Uh, oh boy, hmm, I have to think about that. Do you have some? Yes, I do. Um, 
Bianca Belair will turn heel in 2023. Okay. Um, that's one I have. Man, that's a great question. I got Jay White showed up in WWE. Wow. All right. Um, and then three, I'm going to go with... <laughs> Sasha Banks will return, unfortunately. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Much to my oh, dismay, boy. trust me. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that, that I want it, but <laughs> oh lord. Oh, I've, I've been looking up some uh, potential ideas. I've got one, Josh. Okay. Street profits split, I, I and guess. Montez Ford gets a singles run. Either both Ford and Dawkins get singles runs. I think that they're both. So that's potential. Um, I just like to see what happens, you know? I try not to let – I just like, let's see what happens and let's analyze it. I think that will be really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sammy Zane wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. You know what, Josh? Don't put that out of the realm of possibility if Sammy's oh, – no, I actually, sorry. That's possible. Um. Again, I don't put it past Sami Zayn to win the Royal Rumble. Right. I think it's I think it's going to be Cody Rhodes, but don't put Sami don't put it past Sami Zayn because Cody Rhodes doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. I think you you open up more storylines if if it's like an accidental thing where somehow Sami Zayn accidentally wins the Rumble kind of thing. Oh, I got another one. Michael Cole comes back to Raw. Oh, cool. I like it. Does does no, he replace called, the savior? No, he's called does he replace shows. Okay, gotcha. I was gonna say, does he replace the savior of misbehavior? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I had was him leaving WWE, but that was just me wishful thinking. But um, <laughs> mm. all right, let's. You talking about Graves? Guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, we got another bold prediction here for AW version. Okay, let's do that. Um. I got what I got mine. FTR will leave AW. Um, get a little feedback out of you, uh, Ricard. Um, number two, Hangman Page will turn heel. And then three, oh man, NJF will walk out on AW before his contract expires. Don't forget, hmm. we're quickly approaching the bidding war of 2024. Yes, we are. <laughs> and yes, we something are. Something will go down, will cause him to walk out or do another shoot promo on Tony Khan. It's Probably. Know beforehand. Well, here's my thing about heels and faces, Josh. They don't matter in AEW because nobody knows who's a heel and nobody knows who's a face in AEW. Yeah. We have no idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I turning heel, turning face, it doesn't really matter. Uh, in AEW. Um, bold predictions. Um, Mercedes Monet shows up and becomes irrelevant within one week. Um, <laughs> not, even, not even one show this one week. <laughs> no, within one week she becomes irrelevant, just like Soraya is irrelevant. Right, um, she, comes in, she comes in on Dynamite and does the sit-down interview with Renee on Rampage. <laughs> right. She's absolutely irrelevant. Um, okay, here's a bold prediction. Adam Cole wins a world title. Okay. Um, Maybe I, I think, can see that. Yeah, I could, that's, that, that'll be a bold prediction. 
for AEW is that uh, Adam Cole wins a world title. No, since they're all they want. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Since AEW so fixated on WWE, there will be a second world championship in oh, AEW. God. They're going to have the Dynamite World Championship and the Rampage World Championship. Correct. (laughs) Correct. All right. uh, Great question there, Sam. Um, Mm -hmm. What are how about this one? What are your expectations for your White Sox in 2023? Well, all I can say, Sam, is that the only way we can go from here is up (laughs) from this past season with Tony La Russa. So um, I, I think we're past the laughing stock phase of our franchise and hopefully we can have some good health for once not got wood so i see the white Sox made the playoffs but as far as the like world series wise or not i have to see it to believe it but i do believe the white Sox will make the playoffs this year i do like the fact that we got andrew benetetti uh for the yankees he's a very good player i think that was a good acquisition uh curious to see how mike clevenger uh does in our pitching staff he came into free agency so i thought that was a nice pickup but outside of that i think i think the white Sox make the playoffs i've liked what i've heard so far for Pedro griffal who's our new manager but i don't know much about him so what we'll it's just like a wait and see type of thing but i i'm excited and um hopefully i'll get a chance to go to a Sox game this year because i didn't go to one last year so um that'd be my prediction for that uh next question um if you could redo your time at IMS, would you do anything differently? Um, IMS is where I went to broadcasting school. Uh, it used to be called the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. Now it's known as Illinois Media School. Um, not one thing. Not one thing. Um, I, I'm glad you asked that, Sam, because we're about two months away from you know me making that decision of going to the school in the first place i i I mentioned this story before but i got my start in broadcasting um professionally uh going to the school in march of 2013 and it was right around wrestlemania 29 season and um it's crazy to think that these past 10 years have gone by that fast but um Going to IMS was the biggest risk I took I took in my life and the best decision I've made in my life. Um, you know, for many years I hid by my guitar. Um, I've always had lofty goals and I've always seen myself in a higher position. I felt I could do some like real major impactful things in my life, and um, and a lot of times along the way I kind of hid uh, my inner self and into what I was doing. So I let my me playing music be a shield for myself i would let other things be a shield for myself and i wouldn't allow myself to like trust myself in a lot of ways i've grown up especially in high school and stuff i had low self-esteem it's like it's like self-doubt issues and stuff like that and um i always get like busted shots and stuff like oh how are you gonna be the next jr if you're so shy and blah 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 blah, blah you're not outgoing and, <laughs> and stuff like that uh, I'm, I'm wired. I'm wired differently than other people, but I'm not a recluse or a hermit to the point where I can't have a conversation and be interesting with people. I, I just I have a hard time trusting people and allowing myself to open myself up in in stuff like this. And I had to challenge myself. And you know, um, 
I thought I was going to a certain path with music. I got accepted to Berkeley. I wasn't able to afford to move out there. They wanted me to pay fifty thousand bucks a semester for Boston. Right. It's it's <laughs> I, I I get it's the biggest uh, music school in the country, but I just wasn't able to afford it. But again, like you know, I was I, I'm very proud for the fact that I can say that I did get accepted to a school like that. So I went a different route. I went to Columbia College for one semester. I was going through some personal issues at home at that time, and. I had to make a switch too from there, and I really, I, this is a really big like crossroads I was at in my life, brother Carter. We talked about this before on the podcast, but I do not regret one thing. Um, um, you know, going to that school, going through that experience, really brought me out. I got to find myself there. And I'm I'm proud of everything I accomplished there. We did a lot of good things on the Pro Wrestling Experience show. It got me some opportunities where I got to meet Brother Carter along the way while still going to school. Um, I got to cover WrestleMania in uh, San Jose, <laughs> that WrestleMania 31. Uh, I I I don't regret one thing from that school. I got to meet Sam there. Um, a lot of things happen for a reason. I think we're all on our journeys for different reasons, and it, we all go into different directions. And I feel like my future is not going in a bad path. I think it's only going up, and it's because of the work I put into into that school. I finished first in my class. I had the uh, most studio hours um, in my class. I, I really pushed myself through that time of going downtown every day and going to that school, and I had to had to prove myself that I could do it for me and that, you know, I thought I was just going to be playing music my whole life. And I didn't get the opportunity because I couldn't afford school at the time. And I got into a different field that some people thought I wouldn't be good at. And here we are today. So <laughs> I to answer your question, I would not do anything different because I am where I am right now where I can say that I could – pay for my own department and live on my own terms due to the fact that I cover professional wrestling for a living. So I have, I have no regrets. Awesome, man. I'm so excited for you and your future, buddy. It's going to be great. Um, next question. He said, did you always know you wanted to be involved in broadcasting? Yeah. Like I, like I said, I've always wanted to be the next JR. Now, did I ever have the aspiration to be like a, a sports anchor or a sports center anchor like that? No. <laughs> Maybe I wanted to do some radio, stuff like that, but I never wanted to be like the snobby, snippy type of like broadcaster, Brickar, you know, like that wasn't my goal. Uh, but yeah, I always thought it was something I wanted to do. I mean, <laughs> I- I'm sure my dad could tell you this. When I was a kid, uh, I would have the wrestling action figures, and I would be doing my own commentary while I was just like beating up my <laughs> wrestling action figure toys and stuff, like doing my own matches and stuff like that. And, shit. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I- broadcast is always something I wanted to do. Um, and I think you know, sooner or later, maybe I might actually do wrestling commentary for real so who knows maybe maybe that'll happen it's awesome uh, uh last question here for um chris oh no my bad last question here for sam he says what's the hardest kind of music to cover on the guitar oh boy <laughs> um metallica <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> um 
I don't even know how I play guitar with my sausage link fingers in the first place, let alone <laughs> try to uh, <laughs> uh, pick through it. Like it, it, it tests you. It, it is, uh, you know. There's a couple songs I can play like Unforgiven and Nothing Else Matters in one. But like when it comes to the solos and stuff like that, like some people have it, some people don't. I, I, I'm well aware into the fact that I'm way better as a rhythm guitar player than I am as a lead guitar player. And, and I'm okay with that. I don't think that's a bad thing too, you know. Some people are better off like going like this <laughs> at rapid fire pace. It's a bouncing act. You have to do the speed with your hand on one hand and then on your other hand too when it comes to picking. Some people are better off just doing finger picking and you know doing stuff like that. Um, I, I, I see a lot of the metal songs that are the hardest for me to cover. Uh, outside of that, most of the times I, when I do covers, I do it off of ear. I really, I rare, there's a rare time where I go looking for tabs for songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do it mostly by ear. Uh, I do this when I was in high school and it's helped me along the way. I mean, <laughs> it's just a natural thing, I guess I got from the man upstairs. So uh, I'd say technically wise from a guitar playing perspective, like Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, stuff like that. Those are hard, hard songs, to, hard bands to cover too at the same time. Right. So I want to thank you for your questions. Um, we got two more sets here. We got Mike and Nate, and then uh, we'll go to the next part of the show. Um, shout out to uh, Mike here. He says, here's some questions for the back porch this week. First of all, Oh, yes. It's time to give this guy a standing ovation. He says, first of all, I have a new little oost joining the family. My second daughter is due in April. Debbie hey! hey! <laughs> That's awesome, Mike. Congratulations. Uh, he says, is there any advice for bouncing career and home life? Brother Carter, I'll let you answer this one. Yeah. Well, first off, my congratulations, man. That's terrific. I know that you're going to be a great father. To, well, I know you already are, and you're going to be an even better father when your second daughter comes along. That's terrific, man. Congratulations from all of us um, at the Hoots Podcast on that. You know, balancing work life is, to me, it's just you have to be, you have to make an effort at it, and you have to be cognizantly aware that I need to have a balance in my life. Uh, and you want to take advantage of that, of you taking control of that balance before life makes you do it you know because like you and again i'm not a father i don't know but you know if your daughter gets sick or something happens guess what all of a sudden you make time for it you know you figure it out kind of thing so i would say just be proactive about it schedule time for just free time for just you you know just if you if you assign an an hour as many hours as you can of your day to this and this and this and this and this just have a schedule then you know, you, you can say, okay, I, I have this free hour. Now I can have some work-life balance kind of thing. So I think if you're just intentional about it, you can find ways to find that balance and, you know, finding a hobby or something to kind of get your mind off the daily grind. So, but yeah, I think just being intentional about it is the best thing you can do to have that balance. Yeah. I echo brother Carter's sentiments there, man. Congratulations. I think that's awesome. You know, I don't know if I'll ever have kids in my life, but I think it's pretty cool, man. Uh, anybody that gets to go through that experience, I think it's good for everybody to experience that. Uh, next sure. question from Mikey says, um, what do you guys do to balance work and home life now? I find it difficult to not take work home and think about the job too. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a custom for everybody. Uh, I just, I know for me, that's a little different. I do work from home, but 
just in general, I just think it's bad energy to uh, drop whatever things and stress you're dealing with the profession onto other people. Um, I just think it shows bad characteristics of you. I, I, I think it's a cop-out excuse to be like, oh, I'm going to be miserable at home because I had a bad day at work. And I'm going to lash out my partner. Well, I'm sure your partner had a shitty day, too. How about that? You know? <laughs> and I, I just think uh, it shows a lack of maturity in a lot of ways. If you Honestly, having a home is should be a release for you in a positive light. Your home. You can get your mind off of that. That's why it is a home. So right. I think you just have to realize that when you walk out of that door, yeah, you're you're not living a different life. You're not a different person. But when you get back to your, your home base, fucking relax and just chill. <laughs> like, yep. don't try to stress yourself over stuff you have no control over. You know, address what you need to address at the place that you need to address. Do not bring baggage from work at home. That's just my opinion. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're, we're obviously going through a big change here in Colorado with Deion Sanders, Coach Prime now being here and you know he's he's i'm watching his documentary series right now on on, uh, amazon prime it's fantastic and he talks about this he says you know he says i need you present here 100 percent. you know he says he says you know we're all going through some stuff personally totally get it i need you to to leave your home life when you're here and i need you to leave your work life here when you go home like don't think about home here and don't think about work when you go home. It'll make you. It'll make your relationships better. Now, listen. Let's be real. Like we can say that till we're blue in the face. That's hard to do. That's hard. To do. So again, just that part about being intentional about it, and really just just saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I can't having the mindset of, you know what, I had a shitty day. I can't change that. I'm just going to do my best to not dwell on it, or to just kind of vent for a little bit and then leave it alone, and then we're good. And then just be present at home for your family, and then. When you say you when you say goodbye to your family in the morning and then go to work, you say, Great, now I'm gonna leave my family, they're gonna do their thing, and I'm gonna you know, bust my ass at work. So again, I just think intentionality is the key to all of this. Right, exactly. Um, how about this one? I don't know if you heard this news yet, Burkhardt, but uh, he his question here he says, With money debate happening in the UK, what other destinations abroad should get a WWE premium live event? That's a great question. Um, I'd love to see one in. Um, I'd actually love to see one in Japan. You know, because um, WWE, you know, pro wrestling is so big and it's such a big tradition in Japan. I think I think you could get a great, I don't know, enthusiastic crowd if you have a show over in Japan. I don't know how the time difference would work um, with all of that, but and I know they've had events over there before. But um, I think having a premium live event in Japan would be really cool. I remember waking up at two o'clock in the morning to do uh, Beast in the East. That was yep. my first time covering the live Japan show. Oh boy, <laughs> that was an interesting day. <laughs> that was also on the Fourth of July too, which I I, I, remember. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next question: Should be impressed that Mercedes helped sell out a five thousand seat arena for Battle in the Valley. Should that be like minimum expectation? Hey, I think you answered your own question there. <laughs> like, to be honest with you. Look, man, I'm not going to take away from the girl. She's talented, but her fan base is delusional. Like, really, really delusional. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't expand a lot about this last week, but um, her debut was meant to me. 
it was just a shoulder shrug. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that a botch happened. Uh, where she's trying to do her new like twisting DDT or whatever the fuck she's gonna call it, but uh, the song sucks. Her her hairdo is fine. I really don't care about that, but. Yeah, she's going to have her dream match with Kyrie Sane at um, Battle of the Valley in San Jose on February 18th. Uh, the interesting thing about that venue, you know, they talked about this, like, undisclosed NXT event that happened the weekend of WrestleMania 31. That's the venue where they're having it. Like, it was like the, it was like the takeover before the first takeover or whatever it was. <laughs> so I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I just don't care. I, I don't like, she's not as big of a star as a lot of people make her out to be. I'm just being honest about that. Mama, ma mid, mama, ma mid. What NXT stars do you see showing up in the Royal Rumble this year? Is anyone there to stay? I don't know if there to stay is the scenario, but I can see maybe Carmelo Hayes being in it. Maybe I can see... I definitely think you'll see more of the NXT woman in the women's Rumble match than dudes in the Rumble match. Can you put yep. Braun Breaker there? Maybe. Grayson Waller? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I definitely expect more NXT females on the women's Rumble than the men's. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to see Cora Jade or, or Roxanne Perez in the women's Rumble match? That would be awesome. Shout, shout out to Cora Jade. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mike had a lot of questions about Vince, and I'll address them when we get to yep. that second. Yep. Um, uh, ooh. <laughs> Have you guys seen The Menu? If not, what was the most unexpected F-Bump movie you've seen thinking it was about something else? That's it. You know what the menu is? I'm 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 not sure. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I, I I guess is this like a Netflix special or Amazon something like? I I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. I I admit I was exposed to things that maybe I should have been watching or listening to at a young age, uh, like Beavis and Butthead and rap music and stuff like that. But that's just how it was in the late nineties. But um. I can't recall the most effed up thing that I've seen, you know? Uh, is there like a movie that, that, that you thought like went too far or whatever? Maybe, I, I think maybe for me it was like uh, Passion of Christ, the uh, Mel Gibson Yeah, I, I think mean, that's probably the one for me. I've seen it twice, um, and that's, yeah. you know, I didn't have a problem with that because that's actually what happened. So, like, right. that's that's an accurate depiction of what happened. So, I mean, you can't fault them for doing that. Like, no, I don't fault them. I just thought it was just too much for me to watch at that time. Sure. You got to remember, I was, um, like, I, was probably, I was probably like eight when that movie came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you have to watch that one when you're older. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. The only, I mean, I can think of the movie Hot Fuzz. I don't know if you know this movie. It's like this. I thought that was a little over the top. I thought it was good for a while, and then it just got stupid at the end. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big movies guy, so I'm not really sure. I did you see the new Batman movie, though. I watched that on a flight back. It was good. Thumbs up for the new Batman. Oh, you saw uh, the Twilight guy? I did. Robert Pattinson. Very nice. Uh (laughs) It was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. I'm kind of surprised you're not a movie guy. It's interesting. No, I'm a a sports game. I'm a gamer. 
that's where I get my stories from is, is from RPGs. Oh, really quick, Studio Sports, I want to thank everybody who participated in our uh, our pick of league. Oh, yeah. Sports. I know we got screwed over uh, some. I wasn't able to switch the thing, but um, it, I opened the challenge. I never did spreads before. So we had, I guess we had our Hoops Podcast Spread League, and uh, that came out pretty well. Oh. Yes. So I just want to thank everybody who participated in that. Um, oh, here we go. Next question. Here's a laugh. A dirt sheet story said that WWE would have to get Tony Khan a championship belt if the Jaguars reach the AFC championship game. What are the chances of that? Hashtag no shot. Uh, yes, no shot. And the only time WWE does give out championships is when people do win championships. So, right. uh, no, I don't. I don't believe the Jaguars will win a championship this year. So that is definitely not happening. Correct. Correct. All right. Last question here. No, uh, last question here from uh, Mike. He says, what do you guys see Coach Prime doing for Colorado next season? Let's go, baby. (laughs) Yeah. What do you see Coach Prime doing for Colorado next uh, next season? What do you think Colorado's record will be in the end? Um, Colorado wins eight games minimum next year okay um i think you know he's 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 shaking things up here at cu baby he's shaking up the landscape i mean he's he's come in it's a new attitude it's a new belief he's bringing in all of his top players from jackson state um we're going out and recruiting some new players like it's just going to be a whole nother level of stuff i i think colorado wins eight games minimum next year now that does include a bowl game um they're going to go to a bowl game they're going to win that so yeah i say colorado wins eight games minimum and within three or four years they're competing for a pac-12 championship Assuming he stays, because I could also see him, you know, going back to Florida State and, uh, you know, going back to where he became a legend and helping revive that program as well. But no, I say Colorado wins eight games minimum next year. Hey, uh, I, I know I know Prime's going to do a lot of good things for that program, just like marketing wise and stuff like that. You think you could hook a brother up with like a Colorado hoodie or something like that? Whenever I'll see what I can do. March drops. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, that's why I wanted to ask that. <laughs> I, I, maybe I, maybe I should go visit Colorado sometime. That'd be cool. You know where we are. Yes. Um. All right. Last set of questions here comes from our good brother Nate the Great. I want to thank you guys so much for the questions. You guys uh, killed it so far. Um. Uh, here goes for Nate. He said, "What was it? Was kind of teased for SummerSlam last week. Do you think we'll see Austin Theory and John Cena at WrestleMania?" Uh, yes, I heard Austin Deary say on Raw this week, the champ is here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, you want a bold prediction? Austin Deary eliminates John Cena for the Royal Rumble. You oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yes, I like that. A-Town down, baby. All right, next question. Who do you think are the three best from Straw? That's New Japan Straw. Uh, Fred Roster, Filthy Tom Lawler, and... Humana, humana, humana. Uh, Jr. Kratos. There you go. Um, I heard, I heard that they're putting uh, New, New Japan Strong in a hiatus. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. I mean, I, I'm going to be compensated to cover the show anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> um, all right, next question. What is the end game for Cross? TikTok. You never know. That's the charm. I, I I think he's going to win a world title eventually, but that's just me. I, I love that uh, 
vignette he had on SmackDown. The, uh, not, not, not the vignette. They did the mixed tag match on SmackDown mm-hmm. last week. And he, that little promo he was cutting his promo, I, I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, ooh, does Sasha do anything for you in New Japan? Uh, nope. Absolutely nothing. Hell no. And, and then the last question here, odds of Tom Brady going to the Vegas Raiders next year? Ooh, it's looking I, good. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, is he going to want to restart all over again? Because you know, he just when he left New England, he got to Tampa Bay, did his thing, um, and of course, Brady's still good. But I mean, he was what forty five years old. I I don't think because if if he's going to go to another team, it's going to win a, It's going to be to win a championship. And so, and if he if he's not going to be able to do that within the next couple of years, why would he do it? You know, do it all over again. So I say no, but it's fun to talk about and discuss. So we'll see. Right, for sure. All right. To Pat, what? Chris, what? What? Uh, Nate, what? Sam, what? 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 Mike, what? Thank you, boys, for killing it this week for the uh, Back Porch Q&A session. You guys killed this week. It really means a lot to me, Brad Carson. Thank you, guys. And as always, if you want to participate in the Back Porch Q&A session, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get to the shindig because I know we're going to have some fun with AEW in just a little bit. But um, I know in a couple weeks we'll get more in-depth about the Royal Rumble. I think definitely next week for sure we'll definitely get more in-depth with the Royal Rumble. But um, I I do want to, before we get to the Vince McMahon stuff, I do want to talk a little bit about the stuff that happened on Raw and SmackDown last week because it'd be remiss. Um, You guys probably see the cover thumbnail that I used for this week's episode. Uh, What did you think about the Tribal Chief uh, going off on Sami Zayn (laughs) Uh, this past Friday night? I said that. Did you get to see that segment? I did. I did. I thought it was terrific. I mean, there's nothing that Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn aren't doing right now that is complete gold. It's fantastic. And anyone that says that Roman Reigns is not has not been the best wrestler in the world for five years now and is just getting better is delusional. Like, it's just Roman. Everything that they do is fantastic. I thought the segment was great. Sammy plays his role so well. And then they go to the backstage thing and they're eating popcorn and stuff like that. I think, like, it's just hilarious. So I thought this was great. Everything the bloodline does is great. Everything Sammy does is great. It was just tremendous. Yeah, it, it just, it's really cool, man. Like, every time we talk about the bloodline, you just have to acknowledge the fact of the fact that the different layers that comes with this group and what it could do. Um, Soul Sokol is still the man. You know, he's putting good matches every week. The match he had with Sheamus was good. I smacked down. Uh, the match he had with Dolph Ziggler on Raw this past Monday was pretty good, too. Uh, the Usos had a tag title match with uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre this past Friday night on SmackDown. That was a very good match. Uh, they're going to be having uh, to fight the Judgment Day next Monday on Raw. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we had the tag team turmoil match, <laughs> which was uh, interesting. Got a throw hour for Raw. I, th- I thought, you know, Raw had a lot of competition, obviously, with the National Championship going on. Uh, I think maybe to their favor that the game was a blowout. Uh, but <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what I appreciate about Raw this week was that it was more like Laird in like you know taking steps in like storytelling wise. 
it wasn't like in your face of like, oh, this is a headlight being here, this is a headlight being there. Uh, you got more depth to a lot of different people that were on the show. And I just got to say, man, props to Dominic Mysterio because I always talk about yes. maximizing your TV time and stuff like that. But he's really been doing that a lot over the last uh, couple of weeks, man. His promo on Miss TV had me crying. <laughs> that was great. That was great. He, he's like I, like I said on here before, Josh. I think he's my most improved in 2022. He's going to have a great 2023, I think. Um, here's a bold prediction: Dominic Mysterio wins a championship in 2023. Really? Maybe by the end of the year, put the U.S. title on him, even for just a little bit. Why not? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, also on Raw, we had a couple of good matches like Rhea Ripley and uh, Candice LeRae. I, I enjoyed that yep. match. Um, <laughs> Kevin Owens. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he, there's symbolism behind that because you remember like that whole meme about like he put his head down and people were like, oh, this is Kevin Owens showing that he's done with WWE creative and he wants to go to AEW. Remember <laughs> that whole thing? That That's yes. the whole thing he was doing on Monday while Bear Corbin Talk. I just thought that was hilarious. That was great. <laughs> it's just the way he does it in the camera work, too. I just thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, no, it but, was great. Uh, what, what else stood out for you, like good or bad, this week from uh, TV? Yeah, so just a couple things. Um, just And I'm not going to you know, do a lot on what you talked about, but... Um... Um, always great to see Charlotte on my television. Um, always great. I thought she did some good stuff and had a good, nice match with Sonya Deville. I mean, I prefer heel Charlotte to face Charlotte. That's just me. I think she's a much better heel than she is a face. But we'll see how this face run goes um, with her. I thought she did a great job. Um, Hit Row turning heel I thought was interesting. Um, I did, you know, I think they, they needed to do something fresh, I think. Because I think – and I love Hit Row. I am all in on Hit Row. I think that they're terrific. But I could see their gimmick getting stale. And, like, it's just not – there was nothing really for them to do. So um, I didn't mind them turning heel. I thought that, that was fine. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you talked about Cross. You talked about all the Sami Zayn stuff. Uh, a couple other things from Raw, I'll say, and you, and you talk a lot about this stuff. Dude, whenever JBL speaks, it's just gold. JBL was terrific this week. <laughs> making fun of the Alabama hillbillies. Oh, it was so terrific. And they're a football team. That was terrific. And, uh, Josh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, what we saw from MVP and Bobby Lashley leads to a reformation of the Hurt Business. I thought that was one of the best stables of the last five years. Why they broke them up, I have no idea. That was an oversight by Vince McMahon. Um, so I hope that this leads to a return of the Hurt Business because I think they could do something special. So just in addition to everything else you said uh, this week, I thought those are some things that stood out to me. All right. Now we got to get to some crap, okay? Um, <laughs> we got a lot of questions this week about Vincent Man. And um, I'm going to say this in um, – I'm just going to be as transparent as I'm going to be uh, about this whole situation because uh, you're not getting at a lot from a lot of people that are, are uh, having blue check marks attached to their Twitter accounts right now. Um, I feel really bad for wrestling fans, not because of the fact that Vince McMahon is back or the fact that Stephanie McMahon uh, decided to resign uh, this week um, from her position. I am 
disappointed for wrestling fans and how this has been all covered and spun um, this week with this whole situation. Before we get into Saudi Arabia and what is and what isn't uh, with this whole situation, I just want to say that while a lot of you are getting on your morale box about Saudi Arabia, just realize that a lot of companies that you spend money on and, you know, invest money in, um, they also have ties into Saudi Arabia as well. So let's not do this hypocritical song and dance here where we're going to say that, oh, I can't support blood money when you go to these different uh, entertainment venues, merchandising companies, etc., etc., that also have tie-ins with Saudi Arabia too. If that offends you, I'm sorry that facts offend you. WWE is not the only company or entity in the world that has Saudi Arabia ties to it. They're not the only ones taking quote-unquote blood money. Just like Brother Carter said, what if this is the deal where Vince wants to come back and handle the business stuff, I'm fine with that. And honestly, when you look at the whole situation as a whole, he should have a say of who sells his company. If you really think about this, this is literally the last big risk decision of this man's life professionally. If you really think about it. Put all the conjecture, put all the uh, context into this whole situation here. Vince McMahon is not getting any younger. He's at literally the twilight of his life. And he should have a say as a majority stockholder of what should happen with the company that he started, whether you like his creative looking or not. Again, if you're offended by that, I'm sorry if you're offended by facts. (laughs) Here's my deal. My concern with WWE and just wrestling in general, in my enjoyment of wrestling, it has to do with what happens inside that 20 by 20 ring. I don't care about booking. I don't care who's sleeping with who. I don't care who's resigning or not resigning from positions. I don't care about shit that has nothing to do with me. I'm not responsible for how a wrestling show is booked. I'm not responsible on how wrestling promotions handle their business. We're not there. We're not in those boardrooms. We're not in those conversations. So I'm not going to come in here and assault your intelligence week in and week out telling you what they should do and what they shouldn't do business-wise. I'm not above WWE. Brother Carter's not above WWE. Nobody that covers professional wrestling is above WWE. You don't know what they're doing there. <laughs> you don't. And it's by design. And if we're going to do this pissing contest on morality about Saudi Arabia, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, there's a lot of cup, a lot of popular brands that a lot of people spend money on that are also tied in with Saudi Arabia too. So let's not be hypocrites here and throw a pissy fit whether or not this thing is going to get sold to the Saudi Arabia public investment fund. And then for everybody on Twitter that's going, oh, man, I feel so sorry for Sami Zayn. Uh, Did you guys watch Crown Jewel in the press conference where everybody there, the Saudi Arabians were chanting Usi and chanting for Sami Zayn? Or uh, are we still doing this running narrative that they don't care about the women when there was like, three women's matches on the last crown jewel pay-per-view and other stuff that's going on 
look, we all know what's going on there. And I don't have to agree with what their country philosophies are. But as I've always said on this topic, whether they've had crown jewel events or whatever in Saudi Arabia, I don't think countries should be precluded from enjoying professional wrestling based on what countries do. This is an entertainment thing. You think I... You think from a morale point that, oh, it was a good decision to go to fucking Afghanistan at the heights of the actual war that was going on and going to Iraq? <laughs> do we want to get into that argument? Uh, it, it, it's okay to do tribute to the troops in Afghanistan, but God forbid we can't have a wrestling show and entertain fans in Saudi Arabia. Don't talk to me about blood money because you're paying into blood money for all these other brands that also have tie-ins with uh, Saudi Arabia. If you watch golf and the whole live golf thing, you're a hypocrite too, right? Right. I'm a hypocrite because I've covered every uh, crown jewel event or show they've done in Saudi Arabia since they've done this deal. All right. Uh, well, I, I'm a bad person because I took in blood money, right? <laughs> well, and here's the thing, Josh. It's it's just like with anything else. I you know mo- people who are upset about this, you know, most of the folks over in Saudi Arabia, I bet, are incredible and wonderful people. You know, so why are you wanting to ruin it for them when you know ruin it for those great people when a few people have destroyed the image? You know, it's just like with anything. I bet. And like, think about how excited the fans are there when when they go over there. They're so excited to see those shows, especially those kids. You know, so like you've got to you've got to keep everything in perspective i think like you know it's they're doing this for the entertainment of their people for the by and large and for those great people who are who are wanting to be entertained so we just have to keep that in mind but that's too hard to do for wrestling twitter we need to keep that all oh, wwe's the evil empire ship running because that's the only thing that we cling on to for wrestling twitter it's so funny to me that one minute we're concerned about morale for talent and this and that and then the next second, it's all about booking and creative. Which one is it? Are you upset that Vince McMahon is back and you're worried that he's going to come back and take over booking? Or are you concerned over the fact that uh, WWE might become a private company again? You may get your precious fucking TV 14 wrestling again. Or, uh, the, you know, they become private and the people on the roster don't have to worry about their paychecks anymore. Right. You know... My whole thing on this whole situation has nothing to do with Saudi Arabia or whatever it is. My issue on this whole topic is the coverage that's been going on with this thing because this is spewing off into narratives for said websites and keeping the echo chamber of bullshit and narratives of what's going on with WWE. Uh, I, I may be wrong, but having profits went up since Vince McMahon retired money-wise yes. for WWE? Right. Yeah. So, what, put your, let's, let's put this in context, right? Vince McMahon is back, right? He's back in his original role in, on the board. And I, I, was, I was having a conversation with this with Bunny Man the other night. And one way or another, There'll be another lawsuit that comes in. There'll be another article that comes out with the Wall Street Journal. Don't worry. You'll get your wish. Vince McMahon will be canceled in due time. 
you'll get what you want, okay? I'm not worried about Vince McMahon. And to be honest with you, and nobody wants to say this, and I love Triple H and everything, but if you look at the product and how the show, shows have gone, with the exception of the people, of the people that came back that were fired, nothing really has changed product-wise since Vince McMahon has left. Yeah, you hear Michael Cole mention stuff about other promotions, etc. So maybe you don't hear him as scripted, I guess. If that, if that's the only difference we want to bring up here, but if you really name changes, it, you know, it's yeah Austin Theory as opposed to Theory, Matt Riddle right. as opposed to Riddle. Yeah, but besides the little things that people make a mountain out of a molehill out of, has anything really about the product changed? Except for people coming back. I mean, it's still wrestling. Right. So what's really changed? What's really going to go downhill? Oh, my God. The Royal Rumble is going to be screwed now. Oh, I can't. The Rock can't show up. He can't be associated with Vince. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, why should we continue watching? (laughs) Nothing has changed. No, absolutely not. Here's the thing. What happened the other night was embarrassing for my field. I've seen a lot of embarrassing things in my field when it comes to like the wrestling media and stuff, but the links and the ways they went into making this out like it was confirmed and the vague tweaks going into it and all this stuff that went on the other night where it got to the point where actual journalists on CNBC the next day were ripping wrestling media reporters for how much of a bullshit spin that what happened late Tuesday night. I was embarrassed. As somebody who's been in this field for 10 years, I was embarrassed for what happened uh, the other night. What the fuck are we doing? All these vague tweets. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Oh, boy. Here we go, Brother Carter. Here we go, Brother Carter. <laughs> <laughs> the face of wrestling is about to be lifted soon. And no confirmation. No nothing. No official news. Oh, WWE uh, rumors. WWE's been sold, sold to the Saudi Arabian Public Events, uh, Investment Fund. Where's the press release? Where's right. the confirmation? Can we stop bullshitting each other? Can, can we stop doing that? Can we stop doing our wrestling fans a disservice by copying each other's shit just for clicks? Is that too hard? Or that's the only business model we can have by making money there? Like I said earlier, Josh, yeah. like that's that's how that's how these wrestling sites generate their media. They it's 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 clickbait. That's what they have to do, unfortunately. And I've said this before, and I think MVP says it so well. Nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Yeah. Like, they are the – nobody has – I can't think of a sport that hates it more than its own fans than professional wrestling. I I, I can't think of one. You know, I mean, football has its – football has its, you know, critics, and that's fine. But it's – you know, the product on the field is what it is. Um, And I think just because this is a show – and this is entertainment, you know, this is scripted entertainment. Everyone feels like that they have a right to say what they need to say and can just be ex- exponentially more pissed off about 
this topic and this topic and this topic or whatever. So it's, I, I don't get it. It's, it's just crazy to me, man. I, I don't, I don't get it. Last thing I'll mention here for this week in WWE. By the way, we got, we got to do better. It's got to do better. Like, it's fucking embarrassing what happened the other night. I get it. You want to rush into things just so you could have your confirmation bias by, oh, this is man's back, so everything's going to be about Saudi and everything's going to be about blood money. I get it. A lot of you have negative opinions on this man and more power to you. More power to you. I'm not, I'm not here to argue with you with that, okay? But let's not get facts in the way of a narrative or a good story, okay? Let's let's have some context here. Last thing I'm gonna mention here is that I've been really enjoying these vignettes, these uh, recovering stuff for uh, Cody Rhodes, um, and I've been enjoying seeing from the just the work he's been doing uh, to get back. And I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, why are you airing these Cody Rhodes vignettes? Like, why wouldn't you just have him show up at the Royal Rumble?" Well, again, like I asked you last week. Is it really a surprise if Cody Rhodes shows up at the Royal Rumble? Honestly, is it really a surprise if Roy, if Cody Rhodes shows up at the Royal Rumble? I'll tell you right now. I believe Cody Rhodes is going to show up at Raw 30. Uh, it's not this Monday. It's the week after. It's in Philly. Um, I... I believe Cody will be at Raw 30. I, I truly, truly do believe that. Um, my deal with this whole situation is that you can't one minute say that your guest for the Royal Rumble is that uh, Cody Rhodes comes back and wins the Royal Rumble match, and then when he does, you're going to complain about, oh, it's so predictable, blah, 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 blah. Like, you got to pick a lane, bro. <laughs> you you got to pick a lane. Let's stop fiddle fucking around with each other. Like, figure out whether you want the guy to come back and win a Royal Rumble match or not. And don't tell me like, oh, they're ruining the surprise by doing these vignettes. Guess what? They were doing vignettes for Triple H when he was coming back from his torn quad. And guess what? He had one of the biggest receptions of all time when he came back at the uh, Madison Square Garden show on Raw. So. <laughs> I could get concerns, I could get this and that, and general criticism and stuff like that, but a lot of you, especially on Twitter, are so irrational and cling on to any little thing that fits your confirmation bias on a talent, a performer, a, a company, whatever, and it's like, you're not even watching this shit just to enjoy the product for what it's there to be and serve us for. And the... Yeah, nobody hates professional wrestling more than their fans. And nobody takes entertainment for granted more than WWE fans. So, I <laughs> I, I, I could go more angry and like go in a curse fest about this whole situation when it comes to the whole coverage of the whole Saudi deal. But honestly... We just need to do a better job. I, I get it. You want to rush into confirming things so you can confirm the fact that WWE's at a downward spiral since Vince Band comes back. But again, just like anything, unless I see some real news, don't hit me with bullshit. Let me hear from a company first before you tell me what's going on. So, that's my thoughts on that. On that note, Brother Carter, 
Oh, is it time? Oh, it's time. Oh, it's time. This is time, Josh. It's time for my favorite part of every week. My favorite part of the show. It's the time where we get to ask you one burning question that's on everybody's mind. What the hell is wrong with A E W? And we're going to get this bad boy started in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now, right this minute, 2022, we're living in my time is now, my time is right, god damn now. Man, what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. I like this hat! Beat your meat. Never mind. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W, a.k.a. What is it wrong with A-E-W? The segment, most highly requested segment in all of professional wrestling podcasting. Brother Carter, the first one, me, you get to do together live here in 2023. Let's get into this shit. Let's get into the shit. And Josh, boy, was there a lot of shit. Now, I am going to say, and you may disagree with me on this. Okay. I actually thought, for the most part, for the most part, not like the first hour and 20 minutes. I actually thought it was a good show from the first hour till about really until when the Jericho Appreciation Society came out. Then it was literally some of the worst television I have ever seen in my life on a professional wrestling program. <laughs> but I thought the first hour and 20 minutes was actually pretty good. It was a pretty good wrestling program. But then, oh, my God. We'll get into it here in just a little bit. But I want to talk about the things that – actually, you know what, Josh? Let's go in order this week. Let's not talk about things. Let's go in order this week. So I'm going to hand the floor back to you, and let's just break down the show. Uh, and I want to – I'm sure we're going to talk about some stuff. So go ahead, my friend. hope you guys enjoy this little background. This little oh, it's true. Oh, it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's, it's funny that we got TK right in the center of it right here. You see that, Brett Carter? <laughs> I, oh, I, oh, I see it. I don't know. My favorite is CM Punk saying I'm old and I work with children. Like – did you see the meme? Did you see like that Twitter thing I sent you when Aaron Rodgers was? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that one, that's terrific. Aaron um, Rodgers basically saying, explaining what happened. It's got the video of Punk saying, I'm old, I'm tired, and I work with children. Right. <laughs> okay. So we start off the show with uh, Plumber Moxley uh, taking out the Cowboy. Um, yeah, there was aspects of the show that I liked too last night, but as I was teasing earlier in the show, you can have fa- fancy graphics, you can have upgraded uh, ringside barrier little logos. I saw that at ringside. Uh, they try to upgrade that, but a mud show is a mud show. Indeed. And 
I don't take AW's crowds seriously. I think they are a character in the show. And now that's not a bad thing. Of course, you want to have good energy and good vibes and stuff when you go to the wrestling match. That's not my issue. But uh, I've always said this, and I've been consistent about this since day one. AEW crowds are misleading. They are. Just because the crowd is hot during the match does not make it a good match. Right. <laughs> that it's just not the case. But we had this match, and I was like, "This the following contest is scheduled for Crimson." <laughs> but what? by the way, it wasn't full blood. But Moxley did indeed. I did see he did get busted open towards the end of the match. Oh, did he? Uh, I didn't. There was a cut over his head. And I okay. See some blood, but I didn't catch I, it that. Was, it wasn't excessive as we usually get at a regular John Moxley match. So I no. guess that's a good thing. I was going to say, I actually thought that this was a, for the most part, I actually thought this was a good match. And if I wrote down, if we get more of this from Moxley and Hangman Adam Page, I might actually be intrigued. Now, I could have gone without Moxley trying to bite Hangman Page's back. I thought that was stupid. Yeah. And. You know, just flipping off the crowd round. Okay, again, and this is my other question, Josh. Who is the face and who is the heel in this match? That's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> like, because they cheer the hell out of Moxley, and then he flips off the crowd for some stupid reason. Like, it, it, that's my problem with this. I actually thought the match itself was fine, um, you know, and I enjoyed it. But who who am I supposed to cheer for here? Right. I have another issue with this match, too, is that um, – I mentioned this before too, and this happens a lot throughout the shows. Like, I get it, you want competitive matches, but at some point, sell a goddamn thing. Yes. Like, when you're doing 17 different lariats and all these, like, fake, phony looking forearm exchanges and chops and stuff, at some point, like, sell something by elongating a match by doing chops and forearms. You're not, I'm sorry, everybody that's doing forearm and chop exchanges on these shows, you're not Ishii, you're not Minoru Suzuki, you're not, you're not even Togi Makabe, okay? Like, watch New Japan and how they go about their forearm exchanges. They're not doing it just for the sake of, hey, hey, we're in the uh, dirt sheet land, we're in the dirt sheet universe, so here you go, here's a little forearm exchange and stuff like that. I just think, it, it looks phony, Brother Carter, and... It, some matches overstayed their welcome just for the sake of competition. But I thought this match was fine for what it was. Heyman page one, they're running an angle possibly that Moxie may may or may haven't had a concussion. So um fine. We'll see. Um after that we had um the acclaim drop a music vi- uh music video backstage. There are supposedly they're gonna be on rampage and they're petitioning to get themselves a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> Which I don't think is a bad thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was hilarious. That was funny. Yeah, so everybody loves the acclaim. Yes, even Joshi loves the acclaim. Oh, I love the acclaim. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. It was great. Um, right before that, I believe we saw a return, did we not, Josh? Oh, yes. We, had... we saw a return, baby. Yeah. Adam Cole, baby. Boom. <laughs> Yes. You know so, it's all about the boom, Josh. Uh, this was my favorite part of Dynamite last night. Um, yep. I thought it was the best part of the show. Great to see Adam Cole back on my TV screen. Uh, I don't hold anything back, but like I said, when the first thing we were seeing from AEW was not good. It was not good television. 
And I think he even admitted to himself that like we're barely scratching the surface of what he could be at AEW. So good for him. I'm glad to see he's in good spirits more than anything, and I'm glad that he was back. So this was my favorite part of the show. Yeah, always great to see Adam Cole. I mean, it was just a shame that we see Adam Cole in AEW, unfortunately. That's kind of the only uh, thing about this. But great to see Adam Cole. He is incredibly talented, as we all know. Um, I, I think 2023 could be a big year for Adam Cole. Um, if everything what he was saying is true about his injuries and stuff like that, then that like that sucks. And, you know, I'm so glad to see that he fought through that and he's back and he's ready to go. Um, I don't know how they're going to address the stuff with the elite um, and all that kind of good stuff. They'll have to navigate that um, yep. here in a little bit. If they even let Adam Cole have TV time, because with this company, you don't know who's going to be on television one week or the next. You just have no idea. So we'll see where they, where they go with this. But, yes, I'm very happy to see Adam Cole back. He gets a great reaction uh, every every arena he goes into. So that was terrific. Glad to see him back, baby. From there, we have a tag team match scheduled for one fall is uh, Tarzan Boy, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Hook uh, taking on the team of Lee Moriarty and uh, William Morrissey. I'm sorry. I'm not calling him Big Bill. That's a fucking <laughs> stupid name. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. That is... That's brutal, Bob Evans. That's JoJo Dutch at best. I I can't call him Big Bill. I, I just can't do it. Uh, but again, uh, look, I, I'm a fan of Hook. The, it, he's had some bright future ahead of him. The crowd's into him. Um, you know, him doing the T-bone suplex release to uh, Morrissey. I thought that was a good spot. Um, even though you could say another hand that's making him look weak. I don't know how you want to address that. I'm sure Cordy would have his take on that <laughs> well goddamn motherfucker you, you have a seven foot guy taking bumps like he's a fucking cruiserweight and shit <laughs> uh, welcome but, to aew that's what they do right exactly uh can, by the way can lee moriarty get a new fucking theme song <laughs> like I'm, I'm hearing this song like, <laughs> like Oh my god, I get it, the whole tiger side, I get it, the whole thing, but why the fuck do I want to hear a meerkat singing in the background <laughs> of your fucking song? Wait for fucking uh, uh, Timon to, from Lion King to pop out. Right. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. But I like Lee, he's kind of generic in the ring, just to be honest with you. Uh, I thought this match went a little bit too long for my liking, but Service purpose, Jungle Boy made Moriarty tap out to the snare trap. I was like indifferent because nobody really cares about this feud. But what was your thoughts on this match? Well, I have two thoughts. Number one, and I've said this many times on this program, why hasn't AEW done more with Hook? Like, I mean, <laughs> yes, the crowd gets behind him. He's talented. He's young. You know, he's got a bright future. They throw him in meaningless tag matches or a, a random squash match on Rampage. That's what Hook does. So I, I don't have any reason to be invested in him. So that's unfortunate. Then my other question, Josh, is why does this why did Jungle Boy and Hook get a special name when they haven't been a tag team before? But all of a sudden we're gonna call them Jungle Hook because they're teaming for the first time? Like what the hell is that? Yeah, Hook how's it really worked out? Oh my god. <laughs> it's almost as bad as Y two AJ. You remember that? Yeah. Speaking of nicknames, we had MJF come out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> MJF, the site where you cut the infamous fire me, you fucking Mark promo. Uh, what a regression for poor MJF to the point where he has to go after uh, the guy for the hangover, Ken Jung and Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. at ringside. 
Uh, the light of the night again goes to MGF Scooby Dooby Douchebag. Uh, that was that was beautiful. Uh, yes. Uh, he was born in '96. I was born in '94. Wow. He was saying it is promo, so I'm two years on MGF. But uh, he said, uh, <laughs> "I don't, I don't remember she's all that because I'm not a dinosaur." I thought that was pretty funny. That guy's just. I, I said last night he's a national treasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really is. That was terrific. That was terrific. I, I mean, another anytime MJF comes out, we it's he's so good at his character and being just a chicken shit heel, it's amazing. <laughs> Scooby Dooby douchebag. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's, he's not wrong. No, that's true. No. So, uh, following up with that, Josh, I wanted to ask you about um, Takesha because I don't know much about him. Yeah. Um, and so I want to get your thoughts on him. Um, I actually I enjoyed the match with Danielson. I thought they had a good match. Um, but I don't know. I'm not familiar with his work. So, can you tell me about him and just kind of his deal? Well, he is not from New Japan. He's from uh, DDT Pro Wrestling in Japan. Um, kind of similar from Kenny Olivier's background. So, yes, ties to Olivier. So, that's going to rear its ugly head soon. Uh, there's been times where Doc House has scouted his matches on Elevation. Um, for what I've known about him is that he's just like a young developing guy. If you look at a guy like Kota Ibushi in a way, like he's very similar to him and how he carries himself in the ring. Um, I don't know much about him personality wise, but for what I see in the ring, he reminds me a little bit of Ibushi. Um, Ibushi's a little skinnier than him and moves faster. But um, I, I, like, like I mentioned earlier, like I, I like his work. He does good stuff in the ring. Um, but this is kind of a scenario here too with, uh, Brian, uh, Karen Danielson and Kadoske, like, who who was I supposed to cheer for in this match? You know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it's like MJF leaves and it's like, all right, here we go, here we go, we're going to have another seventeen minute match. Let's let's get this shit over with. Right. And I'm again, Bob. I'm gonna keep calling the guy Bobby Fish, man. <laughs> That's what I see: chops, kicks, big kicks, more kicks. <laughs> Repeat, repeat, repeat. Yep. Brian Danielson, the best wrestler in the world, has now become a repeat, uh, a repeat wrestling guy, which is a shame. And Josh, that's all well and good, but I couldn't focus on this match. Do you and know why, why I couldn't? Do you know why I couldn't focus on this match, Josh? Why? Why? Why is that? Because of the four morons <laughs> sitting at the commentary booth, oh, trying God. to put themselves over. In every way, shape, or form, just so they could get on Botchamania with Insepid Taz commentary. That's the only reason they act like the clowns that they do, so they can get clicks on YouTube for Botchamania. And I I love Botchamania. I watch Botchamania every chance I get. I think it's fantastic. I think it's hilarious. But that's why these clowns do what they do, so they can just get themselves on Botchamania and pay no attention to the match at all. You want to talk about embarrassing, Josh? This commentary team is, without a doubt, the most embarrassing. They may be the most embarrassing commentary team I've ever seen. They're fucking horrible. It's, it's they are. They're terrible. Awful. They're brutal. I I don't want to hear Taz on my TV screen ever again. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired of this shit. It's, it's not good. It's Tony Schiavone. Go home and stay home. Yes. Please. Just be a, mean Gene, be a mean Gene Okerlund where you go in and interview people in the ring and then go away. The best things that happen with AW Dynamite is when they go to pitcher and pitcher 
and when the show goes off the air. Correct. The most I don't have to hear from excrement, the better. Okay. <laughs> oh man, their, their concert did take away a lot for that match for me too. Even to the fact that there were men, they were stumbling trying to get into picture picture. It's a fucking clown show. Mm-hmm. Um, that their concert is definitely not elite. No. Okay, from there, um, so Brian Danson won. We found out he's gonna fight Bandito next week. Another babyface versus babyface match. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> backstage we have Renee Paquette with Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson challenged Darby Allen to a match on Rampage. I'll do the extra impression in just a couple minutes. Uh, so that was what it was. Nice to see Renee on my screen. Uh, Canada does provide the best waterfall. I will say that. Um, okay, uh, we had something with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Of course, they're, they're fighting House of Black is there as well. Oh, how about this? Soraya and Tony Storm oh, God. against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Brother Carter, am I am I a bad person for saying that I wanted Jamie Hayter and Britt to win this match? No, I don't think you're a bad person at all. I think I had no problems with that at all. I'm kind of glad they won the match, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but Josh, that wasn't my problem with this match. Mm. And my problem with this match had actually nothing to do with the in-ring competition. I thought that this was actually one of the better women's matches in AEW. I really do. I thought this was actually a good match for the most part. My problem with this match was the fans. And the fans should be embarrassed about how they handled themselves throughout this match and at the end of the segment. And let me tell you why. When they were finished up with, well, first off, they were dead for the match. Correct. And they were booing a little bit when Tony Storm was in the ring. Yeah. And then at the very end, when Sheeta comes in and they botch the finish, I, th- I really think they botched the finish there with, like, Sheeta was supposed to turn heel or whatever, but like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I did. So, th- so they kind of butchered the finish, but fine. WWE butchers finishes all, all the time, so I don't, I'm not concerned about that. As they were transitioning out of it, you could audibly hear the crowd booing because... The Sasha Banks marks, the Mercedes Monet marks did not get her debut, which they thought it was going to be. And because the internet wrestling fans did not get what they want, they booed and cried like little bitches. I, (laughs) AEW fans, you know, you talk about MVP hating, you talk about AEW wrestling fans, nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Nobody hates wrestling more than AEW wrestling fans. They booed and cried and bitched because they didn't get what they wanted. And they should be embarrassed. They should be just they, – they, they are the reason why professional wrestling is going downhill. Their fans are the worst. I, I, honestly, I'm glad that she did not show up last night, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this match is inconsequential. And can we say again, another case study of somebody going to WWE thinking they're going to have a better – Pasture at AW. Obviously, this run for Tony Storm is not working out as a baby face. And uh, yeah, that's not looking good so far. All right. um, Next, after that, because this that match went really, really long, too. Oh, my God. Here we go. Oh, boy. I know what you're about to get to here next, Josh. Once again, it's early, but once again, the nominee for worst shitty faction in 2023 
the January six appreciators. Okay, brother Carter, I know you're gonna get into this, but I need to go off. Please, Please. Can, I, can I go off? Please. What in the ever loving fuck did I watch last night? <laughs> I I wrote down the same thing. I said, "What in the blue holy hell was this segment?" This is worse than Bailey. This is your life. This was worse than anything Kevin Federline did in WWE. Uh, this is worse than Le Dinner Debonair. Uh, this segment. This was so, worse. This was worse than Marina Shafir. <laughs> you know me. You don't know me. You know me. <laughs> this is another case study of why Chris Jericho continues to put on bad television, and why I have to remind people when they say, "Oh, this is a career renaissance for Chris Jericho." I'm like, "Who the fuck are you fooling?" This segment, first off, went way too long. Yes. And I trust me, I'm the last person that wants to type out 30-minute matches with the, the Young Bucks. But the fact that I wanted the match to start quicker tells you how shitty this segment was. Another case study of trying to put people where they don't belong. First of all, by the way, we had to do a roll call here, Britta Carter. Please keep microphones away from the following. Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia, and Action Adretti. Oh, my God. I get it. You want to highlight the guy because he had an upset victory over Chris Jericho. But you are doing way too much putting this guy in the future. Who's the feud with? Is it with Ricky Starks or Action Adretti? Make up your fucking mind. Josh, we know Uh, where this is. Unless Jericho has ego that he thinks he can make two guys in one feud. Okay, well, first off, Jericho doesn't need to make Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks can make himself on his own just fine. Correct. Don't need to worry about that. We know where this is leading, Josh. Action Andretti is eventually going to turn on Ricky Starks and join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Because Jericho needs... Okay, Here's here's the worst thing about all of this, Josh. Jericho signed off on this. Because yeah. he has creative control. He thought this was good television. And he, he, Tony Khan's not going to say no to Chris Jericho, the golden boy. He ain't going to do that. And all those little stooges that follow him around about this. Jericho signed off on this. So anyone that says that Chris Jericho is a, you know, has reinvented himself and is making, you know, he's going to be the savior of AEW. Chris Jericho is making a mockery of his wrestling career. His career is going down faster than Ric Flair's did when he went to TNA. Like, this is this is an embarrassment in every way, shape, or form. And why Tony Khan, that stupid mark, thinks that this is good television. Either that or he just doesn't care. He doesn't know when he doesn't care. Ah, just get it out there. I've got a name. Fine. Well, that's what it is with Tony Khan. He just wants the name. He doesn't care what his product is. He's like, I got Chris Jericho. I got Renee Paquette. I got Sasha Banks. I got, you know, whatever. Like, look what I did. He doesn't care about the product itself. It's embarrassing. And this brought, this made Ricky Starks worse. Correct. Because Ricky Starks couldn't figure out how to get himself out of this promo. He just kept saying the word idiot over and over and over again. Because he's like, I have to be out there and dealing with this. I don't know how to make this better. Yeah, and then we have freaking Action Andretti going back and forth with Daniel Garcia. 
about uh, Sammy Guevara, about him being in between Ty Bell's legs. Congratulations. You wouldn't be the first person. Like, <laughs> what did he do? Um, and, and then all this, this was the fucked up part to me. They spent 10 minutes on this. And the whole gist of this is that Ricky wanted to challenge that fucking idiot, Jake Hager, with the stupid purple hat. When five minutes earlier, X-Men already said that the match was announced for next week. <laughs> That's right. We spent 10 minutes for a chance for a match that was already advertised. What are we doing here? Again, somebody explains to me who thinks it's a good idea to have more Jake Hager on our television, let alone letting him talk on a microphone. No one in the Jericho Appreciation Society, I'm saying, should be allowed to speak. Not even Jericho. Oh, Nobody well, should be allowed to have a microphone. Yeah. What about Danny Magic, though? No. <laughs> Do you know why Daddy Magic is happening? Do you know why he's at me right now? You know what? My tits are hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bro, Carter, this segment was horrible. I almost turned off the TV. That's how bad this segment was. This was... I. I um... Just, I think the worst part about this is it makes Ricky Starks look worse, and he's one of the best parts about their company. So, again, he'll be like an MJF where he can break through. He'll break through this and still make a name for himself, and it'll be fine because I think Starks is that good. But he's have, he's being forced to work with – you want to talk about working with children. Starks is being forced to work with children here in this part. Like, jeez Louise. Yeah. And I, that- I say part of this action and ready thing, I think part of this isn't his fault because they're pushing him out there, and he's not ready. So – and if I was Andretti, I'd take the TV time too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't blame him for going out there and doing this. But you're setting him up to fail. You are setting Action Andretti up to fail by throwing him in this spotlight so quickly. It's the same thing what they were doing with uh, Daniel Garcia. Nobody takes it seriously. He had four different face and heel turns in between. Tr- wasn't sure whether or not he wanted to be part of the Blackpool Cuckold Club. And now he's back being Sammy Guevara's bitch. <laughs> Talk about character development and continuity and all this nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, the Jericho Appreciation Society sucks. They're terrible. Period. End of story. You With know, that being you, said, you know they're going to win Faction of the Year, right, Josh? Yeah, most likely. <laughs> um, <laughs> With that being said, it's time for the extra impression. Cause we oh, please. Yes, go ahead. Got you live on Rampage on TNT. We got Darby Allen putting his AWTNT championship on the line against Rock Hard Juice Robinson. From there, we have the Kings of the Black Throne, the House of Blacks members, Malachi Black and Brody Key taking on a team of Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Will Ortiz be able to trust Eddie Kingston in the main event? It's Ruby Soho and Will Nightingale taking on the team of Anna J and Ty Mello, the Jericho Appreciation Society in a street fight. Then coming up next Wednesday night on TBS is a brand new edition of AW Dynamite. Brian Danson on his road to AW Revolution will take on the high-flying Bandito. Also on AW Dynamite, we'll get more comments from MJF. And Ricky Starks will take out Jake Hager of the, Jake, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Make sure to follow Tony Khan on Twitter for more match announcements. And don't forget, get your tickets right now at AWTIX.com. Did I get, the, the, did I get the ticket site right? This yeah, AWTIX.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. Good job. Sweet. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. And then, finally, 
we don't even have to spend a lot of time on this, Josh. Don't, I don't think we don't. We don't. <laughs> but it is Escalera de la Muerte. Game seven, as Taz was saying at nauseum during the match. Um, <laughs> the fact <laughs> I love Renee, but the fact that they had to bring up the whole Lakers and Pistons rivalry for the 80s and compare it to this bullshit. I'm like, come on, man. Game seven, match seven of the longest, unappealing, uninteresting best of seven series I've seen in my entire life. Brother Carter, this, this, if you want to know what video game wrestling looks like, it was this match. Nobody was selling anything in this match. I, I couldn't wait that it was over. Now looking at back at it on hindsight, I'm glad that this match was rushed because this was stupid, pointless, uh, a wasted time, predictable. Um, I uh, what did he do? Stevie Wonder could figure out that the elite were going to get the tiles back when they came back. So we've had eight matches, including the full gear match. Wasted everybody's time for the last two months since the elite came back, and whoopity do the elite are back and they got more championships back. Yay! Go AW. I have nothing to add. Um, just that I was bored throughout this. I was like, okay, here comes 15 minutes of spots. I'm gonna fast forward through most of this, which I did. Um, the only the other thing I'll add is Pac needs to get away from Death Triangle and he's start doing his own thing and competing for championships because he's terrific. He's salvageable, but. All the other five clowns in this ring, they can just go do trampling wrestling on and just put it on darker rampage or something or on a elevation or whatever. But it, it this was pointless. This was boring. I didn't care. Also, Don Callis, shut the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love this from Tony's body. Oh, I just heard from Tony Khan. He said uh, this match is going to go as long as it needs. Every time they do that, you always know there's only going to be a two-minute overrun. Stop falling for the bait all the time when he does that. And then, Brock Carter, the finish. Before the finish, they have fucking Alex Abrahantes in the ring shoving Matt oh Jackson off the God. ladder. And then they got Cutlet in there with the cool spray. Why can't, why can't Cutlet just spray his own eyes at this point? <laughs> like, this match was so stupid to type out, man. I, I feel like my IQ went down 10 points this week. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, what the hell is wrong with AEW? Let's see if this works here. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. I like this hat! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, man. Another AEW Dynamite in the books from the fabulous Kia Forum with Scooby Dooby Douchebag, shitty video game wrestling, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to put a rim on the ball on this episode of the Hoots Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this week. As always, we are seven episodes away from reaching episode 350. Uh, put it in your calendars right now, March 2nd, 2023, is the episode 350. So, Pretty cool, Brother Carter. It goes by fast, but we are on the road to 500, and uh, things are going to go for the podcast. Make sure you can follow me at Twitter at the Hoops Podcast. Uh, I'm at Instagram at Josh Lopez Media, at Josh Lopez Music. 
Make sure to follow Brett Carter on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Make sure to check out DerekStoughton.com. Check out his <coughs> musical adventures and, of course, WrestlingRumors.net. Brother Carter, glad to have you back on for your first episode of 2023. Thank you always for coming on. Thank you for letting me have have me, Josh. It's always good to talk with you, brother, and to talk to the fine people out in the universe. And we'll be seeing you all next week. Not sure what format yet, but you know this golden vi- this golden voice and the golden pipes are going to be in your life sooner rather than later. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out my other work at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Um, if you have any suggestions, let us know at the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, at the Hoots Podcast. Also, uh, let us know on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast from, what you like or don't like about the podcast. We appreciate the support. So, for Brother Carter, I'm Joshy. This has been episode 204, uh, my bad, episode 343 of the Hoots Podcast. Remember, be the authentic product that is yourself. And always remember, Never let anybody dictate the pace of your life for yourself and the man upstairs. Enjoy the playoffs this week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. And then uh, next week, we're getting closer and closer to the Royal Rebels. So have a wonderful weekend, everybody. This has been the Hoots Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Uh, Yes, sir. I like this hat. (laughs)